0: This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining us for our Bible study. I'm getting it out a little late today. Hopefully you didn't give up on me. Uh, I'm going to be teaching our Saturday topical Bible study. And the last few weeks we've been looking at the nature of God. First from the Old Testament and then facts that are recorded in the New Testament. And I want to hone in particular on the man Jesus Christ. Uh, My title for the Bible study today is simply The True Nature of Christ. Again, I'll be reading from the World English Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 says, Without controversy, the mystery of godliness is great. God was revealed in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. And I just want to hone in here on this mystery of godliness, this great mystery that God was revealed, The King James says, manifested in the flesh. So when we speak of Jesus, there's something about Christ that is mysterious. He's unlike any other man before him in some ways or after him, and then in other ways he's just like us, in full nature a man. Uh, Christ was fully a man. And what I mean by that is that he had a full and complete nature of a man. Now, he wasn't just limited to that nature, but if you could strip him of his divine nature, you would have been left with a man. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 17 says, Therefore he was obligated in all things to be made like his brothers, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, To make atonement for the sins of the people. To fulfill the plan of God, Christ had to become like us in all points, in all ways. And so whatever makes me a man or, or makes you a man or woman, mankind, so we think soul, body, spirit, we have our own mind, our own will, our own volition. All of these things also dwelled in Christ. But Christ was also fully God. Uh, John the Baptist described him as having the Spirit without measure. Uh, and so, what I mean when I say that Christ was fully God is that he possessed the full nature of God. If somehow you could strip away his humanity, and certainly you can't, uh, Christ is this perfect union of God and man. Uh, I guess it's comparable to how we have body and spirit and we we can distinguish between the two, but you can't separate them. It's part of what it means to to be human. Um, Christ has these same elements, but then he also has the Spirit of God in its fullness. And so he possessed the full nature of God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 says, For in him all the fullness of the deity dwells bodily. John described it this way in John 1 and 1. He said in the beginning was the Word. And, and then at the end of that verse, he says the Word was God. And then in the beginning of verse 14, he says the Word became flesh and lived among us. And so the word was God, and the word became flesh. When the word became flesh, though, it's not as if He went from being God to being a man, uh, and and was no longer God. No, He didn't cease to be what He always was. He just added the additional nature of humanity. Philippians chapter two, verse six through seven describes it this way. It says, "Existing in the form of God." "...didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped." And this expression, uh, it's been argued for some time exactly what it means. Now we feel like we have a better handle on it. Um, It means to, to use this to your advantage. And so, he's existing in the form of God, but yet he didn't use this to his advantage. "...but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant." being made in the likeness of men. Or he humbled himself, one translation says, he made himself nothing, so he made himself of no reputation. Instead, he came in the likeness of men. And so, Jesus is a form of God. Yet, he, he may, made himself into... A form of man. The NIV actually translates this saying, he had the nature of God, and then he took on the nature of man. And so if we continued reading the chapter, we would find that he became a man so that he could die on the cross. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, this, When we speak of the nature of Christ as both God and man and born of a, of a woman uh, as the spirit moved on her, so he's the son of God and the son of mankind or the son of a woman, um, we don't want to cloud the issue. There's still just one God, but now there is a mediator between God and man. Mankind had been separated from God by his sins And so the the mediator, the go-between, our only way back to God is the man, Christ Jesus. Romans 5 and 12, and then we'll skip to verse 15, says it this way. Sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin. And then verse 15 says, For if by the trespass of the one the many died, how much more did the grace of God... And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And so just as mankind brought sin and death into the world, the answer for that was also going to have to come from a man. And unfortunately, we had all sinned ourselves, and so it couldn't be just any man. It was going to take this one great mediator, the man Christ Jesus. Romans 8 and 3 explains the beauty of this plan of God. It says, In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. Speaking of the Son dying in our place, uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. And so when... Jesus came, he was a real man, Uh, so often we think of him just as God, that first generation had trouble seeing him as God because they knew him as a man. Uh, Currently, we look back and we know that he rose from the dead and we see the miracles and so we see him by faith, so we see him as God, but it's hard for us to actually picture him as a real man, but he was, his temptation was real. His tears were real, his pain was real, his death was real. He became a man expressly to condemn sin in the flesh, but he never lost his true identity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So where was God when Christ died? Well, he was on the cross, reconciling the world. Galatians 4 and 4, uh, I'm going to couple it with Romans chapter 9, verse 4 through 5. It says in Galatians 4 and 4, When the fullness of the time came, God sent out His Son, born to a woman, born under the law. And then Romans chapter 9, uh, verse 4, and then skipping to verse 5, it, it tells us that uh Jesus was an Israelite. Verse 4 tells us we're talking about the Israelites. And then verse 5, From whom is Christ as concerning the flesh, who is over all God, blessed forever. Amen. So in one verse, we find in the fullness of time, that means at a certain time, in a moment in time, Christ was born in the flesh as an Israelite under the law. However, outside of time, he is God over all, blessed forever. When, when, when time is no more, he'll still be God over all. In a moment of time, he was under the law, and yet he's God over all. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 15 says, Since the children have shared in flesh and blood, he also himself in the same way partook of the same that through death he might bring to nothing him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus took part in flesh and blood, speaking of our human nature, so that he could die as an eternal spirit. The eternal spirit cannot die, but his human life he could lay down. And so he he died so that we could have victory over our enemy, and over death, hell, and the grave. We could share in his victory. Uh, and not only that, but his experience as a man helps us when we come to him and have confidence. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15-16 through 16 says, We don't have a high priest, speaking of our great mediator, the man Christ Jesus, who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but one who has been in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin, Let's therefore draw near with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace for help in the time of need. And so the beauty of the incarnation, incarnation just means in the flesh, the mystery of God uh, revealed or manifest in the flesh, is that he understands us, he's been where we've been, he's overcome it. And then he died to pay the penalty for us and with the power of God raised himself up and has made a way for us to be saved. And so we have a beautiful blessing knowing who Christ really is. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for a Sunday sermon and then we will be back reading the book of Luke on Monday as we make our way through the New Testament I hope you'll be with us for for each chapter as we finish the New Testament God bless you